This is The Winner's Take with host Nelson rowdy Raisbeck and professional sports handicapper Dave Esler. Welcome into Winner's Take. As always, I'll be your host, Nelson rowdy Raisbeck, joined by professional sports better Dave Esler. A quick little recap here, Dave, on last week's picks. Went one and one again, but thankfully the Cardinals at plus money. We did stab a small profit. Other than that, Dave, uh, how was your weekend gambling? Um, you know, Saturday was great. Sunday was horrible. I mean, it's how that goes sometimes. And it seems like it's been going that way for me for a couple of months, you know. Get a little traction for a couple of days, give it all back. Get a little traction, give it all back. It's it's kind of maddening, but I guess I've been doing it so long that I almost expect it half the time. See, I've kind of been the same way. It's like, okay, tread and water, tread and water. All right, we had a really nice day, and then we take, say, a step or two back on the weekend where we just, you know, you get destroyed, and you had those couple blow-up days on the weekend. But I have refrained, refrained myself from uh, texting you when I get angry. Oh, you can any time. I just laugh. Yeah, I'm sure you do because, oh, my God, some of those, it's normally like – I think I've blown up maybe four or five times over the uh, the weekends since baseball has started and what we're roughly in week seven or eight. So it's like probably once every other week I'll have just one really bad blow up day and it feels like there haven't been any uh, any games that have went your way so far to start the season. And you just you freak out. And I I. I lose it a little bit. The frustration uh, takes me over. Yeah, I guess maybe I've been doing it longer and I'm just kind of used to it a little bit more. But I'd be lying if I said I just get frustrated. I just don't get pissed. Um, and anybody but myself, that's the biggest thing. Because I'll give you a perfect example. Yesterday, I had the Philadelphia 76ers who obviously got destroyed. But I seriously considered them plus three and a half for the first half. And I don't know why I didn't. And that would have covered. They were down three at the half and up most of the half. So, you know, I couldn't get pissed at Philadelphia. I mean, I could, but I was more pissed at me because I had the right answer and gave it back. See, for that game, Dave, I just I played it just like we uh, discussed the Heat series in game seven la- uh, last week. I just played Celtics on the money line. I think I laid like 270, uh, but it was what it was. I, I felt like that was a game Boston wasn't going to lose. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I just thought Philadelphia would keep it pretty close. and Certainly for about the first 22 minutes, uh, they did a good job. And then Boston clamped down and, and does what they're capable of doing. I still think they might be a little overvalued in the Heat series, but we'll get to that. Yeah, we will get to the NBA playoffs coming up here. We'll talk about some series prices, obviously the matchups individually, but uh, let's start it out here, Dave, with some Major League Baseball. Now, we're recording this on uh, Monday, May 15th. These will be good for the Major League Baseball slate of May 16th, Tuesday. Uh, let's jump into the first game here. Looking at the Los Angeles Angels taking on the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, Baltimore home in this one. Pitching matchup, you have Chase Silseth. I think I'm saying that right, for the Los Angeles Angels and Dean Kramer on the mound for the Baltimore Orioles here. I don't know what you got on this one. Yeah, I mean, I wish I knew which Kramer was going to show up. I mean, there's two of him. The one that 
shut out the Rays and, and, the, and, the, and the Nationals and allowed just one run to the Braves in six innings or the punching bag the other four games or whatever. I mean, either way, I can't eliminate batting on Baltimore because their time has actually been lights out at home and basically unhittable over the last week. But uh, I can certainly eliminate the, the Baltimore first five uh, because of Kramer I don't know. Uh, whereas the Angels' pen has been pathetic. With uh, I think they got a 5.56 ERA in their last seven games, uh, which means by process of elimination, then the Angels' bet would be first five. I mean, Silson has only pitched in relief this year. I think he threw eight innings and not very well. Uh, but in four starts in AAA, he went 20 innings, 10 hits, struck out 20. So the upside's certainly there, I think. Um, enough that I could consider taking the first five. Um, I don't know how Monday night's going to play out. This is one of those games where it could have an effect. Um, but if anyone's listening early, I could be conceived to take the Orioles run line Monday, uh, even with Otani, because uh, the Angels' pen is, as I said, is horrid. Or, or maybe take the Angels' first five. Anyhow, uh, I think I like the under in this game. The number, I think it'll be a little too high, uh, I suspect. And we need both starters to pitch reasonable. Uh, or better, yet uh, the first five under. So, yeah, I'm going to just go ahead and, and, and take that under, my friend. Yeah, I looked at this one, and it was the same thing when digging into some Dean Kramer statistics. The guy has looked pretty darn good the last two starts, but every start besides the last two, he's gotten absolutely blown up. And it makes sense because he's got an ERA sitting there right around five. Um I was with you. I, I don't know a ton about Silseth. He doesn't have a ton of statistics as he hasn't been a guy that, you know, has been a consistent major league baseball player over the last few years. But I wrote down two things, Los Angeles angels, money line question mark and Los Angeles angels F five question mark. Uh, I was with you. I, I couldn't, I really couldn't roll with Kramer and really Silseth hasn't, thrown a ton of innings in the big leagues and has not gone very deep into games, but I wanted to look at and kind of infer maybe what happens tonight as we're recording on Monday, you have Shohei Otani going for the angels. So you got to figure that you're going to get a, a deeper start where that bullpen should be decently intact. And then on the flip side for the Baltimore Orioles here, they're going with, Grayson Rodriguez, and he is a young cat, 23 years old. I mean, he hasn't necessarily went deep into every single start here. I don't exactly know what I'm getting with a 23-year-old that's got an ERA around five, but he is a, a high prospect. I just feel like you have a better a better odds of Shohei Otani going deeper in that the Angels bullpen looking like it's in better shape than Baltimore's. So I would, I would lean with either the Angels for the full game or play it a little safer and play the Angels in the first five, both on the money line. Fair enough. I can't argue that. Then Dean, Dean Kramer's ups and downs, it's almost as much of a question mark as Silseth just in general. Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes you have to look and just say, well, there's far too many variables. I don't, I, you know, there's too many, too many scenarios how this plays out. So, and that's okay because there's, you know, 13, 14 games. You don't have to bet every game. Um, but that would be my recommendation. If I was an Angels fan or going to the game and had to put money on it, um, I would, I would, you know, that's what I would do. I, I would probably take the first five under, but, you know, again, probably take and reasonable aren't something I'm probably going to put money on either. 
Yeah, so Dave, Dave potentially looking at the first five under. Mine was a very hesitant lean to the Angels in the first five innings. Dave, looking at our second game here, going to be a 6.07 Central Time first pitch. New York Yankees heading to Toronto to take on the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. Got Domingo Herman on the mound for the Yankees and Kevin Gossman on the mound for Toronto. Uh, what are you thinking on this one? Yeah, I mean, this was one of those ones that was like really easy for me. I mean, I looked at it and at first I said, well, there might be some value with Gossman. Uh, and I'm tempted to really go no further and just bet on him. Um, you know, he, he shot out the Yankees a few weeks ago, uh, and we know how the adjustments are made, and the opposite team does the opposite in the rematch. So that would tell me the uh, Yankees are going to win. Um, and as fate would have it, in that series with Toronto, her mind was hammered by the Jays in that series. So I'm getting close to the blind bet with the Yankees and being destroyed by Tampa. So I think for me, um, I'm going to love the Yankees in the first five innings. Um, I just, uh, I think they'll get to Gosselin. I think Armand will make the adjustments, and uh, I want to take out the bullpen. So Yankees first five right there. So I looked at this game, and I did the same thing you did. I, I was like, well, these two teams have probably already played being interdivision. And like you said, Gossman was lights out against the Yankees. Now, Yankees get to make adjustments. But on the flip side, I looked at it a little bit differently with Erman. So d digging into that game, yeah, he did get hit pretty hard. If you look at the box score, you know, six innings, gave up four runs. But then I, I looked a little further, and his opponent's batting average was only 217. The thing that did him in was he gave up two bombs. And that was pretty much uh, all the run production for Toronto. So I'm kind of doing the, well, if if he actually was pretty lights out outside of a couple of pitches, I mean, only hitting 217, maybe the Yankees actually make some adjustments and actually hit the ball better. I think they're, I think we're going to see some runs here. And just in general, uh, Gossman, he is a big home road split guy, and he's like a reverse splits. He's normally way better on the road. Obviously, he's at home here. I think both teams make adjustments, and the Airman two home runs that he gave up, it could be even worse for him. I think we're going to see a lot of runs. I like the over eight and a half here. Yeah, I mean, that's a good call, too. I mean, you know, because of the names on the dotted line on the pitchings there, you think that that uh, total might be lower by a half a run than it should be. Uh, so, yes, I can totally – I can totally see that happen. We know that the Blue Jays are a team that are seen as a bunch of sluggers that score runs. But the Yankees team, you talk about, you know, different uh, parts of the season. The beginning of the season, the Yankees offense was horrible. And now they're they're starting to get healthier again. Aaron Judge is getting hot. All of a sudden, that Yankees offense that was kind of bottom of the barrel in a lot of statistics, they're creeping up back to about middle of the road. But obviously, if we look at the snapshot as of right now, Yankees offense is a lot better than what their their total year-long numbers say as well. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. They've scored six or more in seven of their last eight games. Um, I, know, I, I, I think last week I said, yeah, but it was against Oakland when they scored like 10 runs in uh, two, over 10 in two straight games. But then they went ahead and basically did it against a very good Tampa Bay pitching staff. So I'm with you. Uh, and as far as Herman goes, it may not matter because the Jays' bullpen um, over the last – I mean, the Yankees' bullpen over the last week has 
got a, a, a whip of like 1.75. So that just just kind of adds fuel to the fire for your over. And Toronto's bullpen just in general has been middle of the road. Hasn't been spectacular. Hasn't been it hasn't been horrible. So yeah, I'll I'll lean with the over eight and a half. And you like the Yankees in the first five? I do, I do. Toronto's one of those teams that bullpen splits that great at home and suck on the road and kind of in between lately. So they're a little unpredictable. But I would still, you know, if I like the Yankees, the good thing there is that I would assume that. Blue Jays would get their full nine at bats, which that's a that's a math problem for me. But yeah, I I couldn't take the under. How's that for sure? All right, there we there you have it. Uh, looking at our third game here, we're going to go to a six forty five Central Time first pitch. Going to be the Milwaukee Brewers taking on the St. Louis Cardinals. You got Wade Miley on the mound for the Crew, Jordan Montgomery on the mound for the St. Louis Cardinals. I got a strong opinion on this one. I think you know where I'm going to go with it. Um, I do, uh, and I'll throw my my half a dollar's worth of opinion in there. I mean, all I know without looking is your Brewers don't hit left-handed pitching, uh, and I don't take a whole lot from their sweep over the weekend, you know, with Kansas City. Uh, but they clearly have a bullpen advantage. Um, so, you know, then I look at Miley, you know, he'd been rolling along pretty good until the Dodgers lit him up. So my question was, is that the outlier or no? Uh, with that said, I think the Brewers went on Monday tonight because I think catching St. Louis in the first game back after a night game Sunday is a bad spot. Um, anyhow, back Tuesday, you know, Montgomery isn't on, isn't on hitability. He shut out Milwaukee on three hits over seven innings earlier this year. So I'm inclined to take the Brewers. Uh, and yeah, I, I'm hoping you'll agree with me. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you on, on tonight, Monday's game. I like the, the Brewers. You mentioned how St. Louis played on Sunday night baseball, and not only was it Sunday night baseball, so it was the latest game on the schedule, but it was also in Boston, where that's still a multi-time zone when you're going back to, to St. Louis. And then at the same time, the Brewers stayed where they were at home, so they're in the same time zone. A really nice spot for the Brewers tonight. I'm going to roll with something pretty basic, but I'm going to like the Cardinals in the first five on the money line, even right now if I have to pay the minus a buck 65 or so what it is. I look at uh, Jordan Montgomery, and Montgomery, outside of outside of two starts where he blew up, he has been pretty darn good where it's you know three runs or less, and he's giving you about six innings every time. And like you said, I, I know the Brewers don't hit lefties, and this offense has kind of been scuffling outside of that Royals series, but really how good is the Royals when you're throwing out Jordan Lyles? I'll take the Cardinals in the first five on the money line. Yeah, I totally get it, and I'm I'm not surprised because I think instinctively I wanted to do that, um, but you know how instinctively I have to look. When I looked, I kind of talked myself out of it, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you. Uh, I could see, though, to your point with Wade Miley, because Wade Miley, outside of that Dodger start, had thrown the ball really, really well. Right. Uh, maybe looking at the under, but then mm-hmm. there's the uh, water finding its level. And I know we talked about this in a different podcast about how at some point there's going to become value on the Cardinals. This yeah. is almost the same team as they've had the last couple of years outside of adding Wilson Contreras, which – he was one of the better catcher prospects on the market. This team crushed left-handed pitching, the Cardinals did, the last two years. And all of a sudden, they're middle of the road, and 
Obviously, Nolan Arenado's not swinging the bat well. Wilson Contreras isn't swinging the bat well. So there will come a time where I, I feel like we're going to want to play St. Louis and we're going to want to play them against lefties. Yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, you're probably only going to have a couple of weeks to do that, if that much, before the books catch up. And, you know, maybe they're already catching up with the minus 160. I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ways this could certainly play out uh, on Tuesday night for sure. All right, looking at our fourth game here, it's going to be a 7-10 central time. This one actually on national TV, TBS. Going to be the Chicago Cubs taking on the Houston Astros. Justin Steele on the mound for the Cubs. Christian Javier on the mound for Houston. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, obviously everybody's going to just jump to the Astros or our bashers and, and the Cubs suck and just take Houston. But I think anytime Steele pitches, you have to like his chances. I mean, He's putting up Cy Young stats this season, uh, but I don't trust the Chicago bullpen, especially what happened to them this weekend. They got they got crushed. So Cubs' first five is definitely still on the table. Uh, I can back that up with the fact that the Astros' bullpen has been very good. So, yeah, the Cubs' first five is still on the table. Then I look at Javier. He's also having Cy Young numbers this year, which, of course, with no familiarity, brings the first five under right into my crosshairs. I think what I do think here is that we just saw how valuable Altuve really is to this team because they're barely over 500 with a great starting stash, staff rather, and actually a three games under 500 at home. Uh, I really don't need to look much more to know I am taking the first five under. Uh, and I will look at the Cubs' first five run line, first five plus a half as well. I mean, this is one game where I just strictly have to take the pens out. They just don't seem very predictable and these teams do play Monday night so you know just do it I, I love the first five under and it comes first five I wrote down four different things all with question marks behind them and this is the order that I wrote them down first five under question mark second one under eight question mark and then the other two Chicago first five money line question mark and then Chicago full game money line, question mark. That's exactly what I came to. Uh, Justin Steele has thrown the ball really, really well this year. Christian Javier has thrown the ball well. Uh, the one thing I, I will note on Javier is he has given up a decent amount of home runs when he does give up the runs, but that would probably concern me more if I was looking to back the Astros and it was at Wrigley, knowing that it could be blowing up quite a bit. But it's in, it's in Houston, so I feel like yeah, that – that's not going to be as much to worry about. So, yeah, I look at the under, especially uh, the fact that both of these teams are – it's it's not interdivision. It's AL versus NL. They don't see, see each other every year. And then the fact that I do like the Cubs or would lean towards the Cubs, whether that be the full game or the first five. You're kind of backing me off of the under for the full game and the Cubs in the, the full game with your, your little information on the, the Cubs bullpen struggling this weekend. But, yeah, I would lean Cubs just based on how well Steele has thrown and that Javier can give up home runs. And then I lean under just because both of the starting pitching has been quite good. And weirdly enough, you mentioned uh, Altuve. Just in general, the, the Houston offense hasn't been as advertised as the Houston Astros like they have been the last handful of years. Well, yeah, I mean, they obviously don't have uh, Altuve, but they also uh... – lost some other people to the team that they've had over the past couple of years. They lose their first base. Help me out here. Well, they and lost they were, Carlos. Carlos Correa at shortstop was one. Yeah. 
that's one. I think they lost another one. Either way, they, they you know, I mean, there's probably your two best players, Korea and Altuve. So they're not the Houston Astros we know without Altuve. And, you know, when he does come back, they'll be better. But that'll be immediately factored into the line. Uh, and they won't be exponentially better because they still don't have Carlos Correa. So I think we're not looking at the Astros that everybody knows to hate. Yeah, and I feel like the this Cubs team coming in the year, I always felt like they were they were going to be kind of a thorn in people's side where they have enough talent to win some games, but not enough to really compete for a, a legitimate playoff spot. So they feel yeah. like a team that could win 78 to 82 games and just be a pain in the ass. Yeah, I don't disagree. And so since we agree so strongly, um, we should probably make this the game of the year and put our entire reputation on it. Yeah, we're going to take the first five under, and we're going to take the Cubs on the first five. Yeah, well, I'll just duck and cover when it's, you know, 6-2 Houston in the second. Well, looking at our final game here for Major League Baseball, it's actually going to be a West Coast game. We're looking at an 8:45 Central Time first pitch. Going to be the Philadelphia Phillies taking on the San Francisco Giants. Zach Wheeler on the mound for the Phillies. Alex Cobb for the San Francisco Giants. What do you got on this one for our last Major League Baseball game? Yeah, I don't know. It's funny. Every time I see Alex Cobb, I cringe because he's on the short list of guys I don't get right very often. So whatever I'm going to say, take that into consideration. I mean, Cobb has been very good all season, but you know he could be somewhat uh, overvalued after some well, yeah, back-to-back shutouts, I believe. Um, but he pitched seven innings, so that means his pitch counts up a little bit, and that's starting to become a little bigger factor for me as we get, you know, a couple months into the season. Um, then I look at the recent performance in the Giants' pen, uh, both lately and all season, actually. I mean, it's ugly. They're not good. Uh, the Phillies' back end has been pretty pathetic on the road, but, you know, great over the last week, so I don't know which one we see there either. I and mean, Wheeler is also very unpredictable. So take out the unpredictables and put in the predictables, and where does that leave me? Uh, it's a matter of the fact that I can't trust Wheeler. I don't trust the Giants' bullpen. So I will take the San Francisco Giants for the first five innings on the money. So Dave is going to take the San Francisco Giants in the first five on the money line. Dave, I wrote down a few things here. The very first thing I wrote down was San Francisco F5 question mark. And the, the reason why it was a question mark is because on paper, Zach Wheeler is much better than Alex Cobb. Now Alex Cobb's having the better season. But neither of these teams are really having the type of seasons I think the the fan base were hoping for. And then just off the top of your head, when you look at Cobb for his home road splits, Cobb has always been better at home, no matter where he's pitched. Now, it might help that some of those places were San Francisco, which is a larger ballpark, or uh, with the Rays, where Tropicana Field is pretty uh, pitcher friendly. But Zach Wheeler, on the flip side, he has been a lot better in his home starts than his road starts. And obviously this is on the road for him. So it was a lot of question marks. Alex Cobb feels like a a pitcher that's going to revert back to the mean. (laughs) But if we look as is for this season, as of right now, I got to put more faith in Cobb at home with the Giants. So that's where I got the first five money line for the San Francisco Giants. The second thing that I wrote down here was gift or trap. Because this line right now is is the Phillies minus 125. Now, Philly, they do have the better bullpen, whether that be, you know, two terrible bullpens. They are slightly better. You do have the bigger name pitcher, Zach Wheeler, that was just in 
contention for a Cy Young last year. It feels like at minus 125 most years, this is probably – it's going to be a gift or a trap. You're either going to take it because it's so low or it was so low for a reason. And then the third thing I wrote down, just because I feel like Cobb could revert back to the mean, Wheeler does struggle on the on the road, and both these bullpens stink. I went over seven and a half. Um, yeah, I can see that. I hate overs at San Francisco because that's a big-time pitcher's park, but they don't all stay under. So, yeah, I could get behind that with the, with the Giants' bullpen, at least for sure. Or, um, you know, another way to look at it is, okay, we know that uh, Phillies are going to get nine at-bats. We know that the uh, Giants' bullpen is, is pathetic, uh, and we don't know which Cobb we're going to see. And unless we see Cy Young Cobb, I would assume the Phillies are going to score some runs. So I will probably also, having said all this, be on the Phillies team total over, which will probably be four, I would think. But oftentimes they make it three and a half or four and a half. Um, but if I could get a, if I could get a four, I could, I could, I would easily, I probably would do it at four and a half because I'm stubborn. But I think the Phillies team total over um, pending lineups tomorrow would be, would be a pretty solid bet. And there you go. That is our Major League Baseball slate for Tuesday, May 16. Uh, now, Dave, let's talk a little bit of the NBA playoffs because we officially have the Eastern and Western Conference Finals set. Now, out West, Game 1 for the Western Conference Finals is going to be on Tuesday, so also May 16th going to be the Lakers taking on the Nuggets in Denver. Denver currently favored by six. What are you thinking for this, uh, the start to this series? Yeah, I mean, that was definitely, I mean, it's already gone up this morning to, uh, I mean, I think it was five and a half this morning. So, you know, what, uh, where does it stop? And it kind of concerns me a little bit because the uh, Lakers are actually favored in that series, I believe, by a fair bit. Let me look here. Um, I don't know. You probably got it quicker than I do. Yeah. Um, uh, right now, actually, Denver is the favorite to win the series, but it is relatively close. Yeah. So what does that tell you? Um, and that's the way I would start looking at it. You know, Denver's favored to win the series, but they're favored significantly. They're favored a little bit in uh, the series, but a lot of it in game one. So I guess I would have to defer back to, I don't think Denver loses game one at home, especially in Denver with the altitude. But, you know, is it really that simple? I don't know. Well, if you're anticipating maybe the Lakers keep this closer just based on the the series price, but I know you also like to fade teams, especially an older team like the Lakers in Denver in the second half. Could that be a Los Angeles Lakers first half type play? Yes. I mean, that's absolutely. And I, I was already, I was going to say, I might wait and take the second half uh, Denver for that very reason. But for that reason, that would be true. If I like the Lakers, it probably should be a first half bet. So yeah, that's a good deduction there, Nelson. Uh, looking at the second game here for the NBA playoffs, we have the Eastern Conference Finals. Miami Heat going to Boston to take on the Celtics. Celtics currently favored by eight. Yeah, I mean, that's for sure recency bias at its finest. I mean, everybody saw what they did to Philadelphia in the second half yesterday. So, I mean, this was seven this morning, seven and a half, a few books. Now it's uh, up to up to eight. And 
I don't think there's too much way I would lay that eight with the Celtics. You know, maybe in the first half I could lay, you know, what we'll probably be four and a half or five. But even that, I mean, you know, it's the teams that know each other like super really well. And the argument could be made that, well, Philadelphia and Boston do too. Well, that's true. But they also went seven games and it was decided by two quarters. So I, I almost look at this as the same thing. And the Heat are obviously much more rested. So, you know, there's no chance I could take the Celtics minus the eight points there. It would have to be Miami for the full game. Uh, if I like the Celtics, maybe for the first half because they come out energized. But I don't know. Um, I, I just think there's too much value in Miami, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm looking at this, and you mentioned the series prices going into the start. And you got the Nuggets, who are favored to take the Western Conference, minus a buck 65. Lakers' comeback is plus 140. That's relatively close. Then you look at the Eastern Conference. The Celtics are favored minus 550 to win the East in this series with the comeback on the Heat at plus 390. Well, you go back and look at how these two teams did against each other in the regular season. Both of these matchups, the teams went two and two against each other. Yet right. one team is minus a buck sixty-five, and the other one's minus a buck five fifty. You look at the Celtics to your point with the value on the Heat. I'm pretty sure these two teams matched up not too long ago in the playoffs, and the Heat uh, kind of took them right down to the wire. I'm with you. I think maybe game one or maybe even a, a series value price. Boston, we talked about getting a ticket on Boston-Milwaukee at, at the beginning of the playoffs because they were probably the best two teams. Well, Milwaukee sucked. Boston doesn't look that much better, yet they have been winning. Yeah, I mean, the value is clearly on the heat here. It has to be. I mean, you look at the the championship odds, the Celtics are even money, and the heat are obviously the – the fourth favorite right now at 16 to one. I mean, if I, if they were to play these four teams in this situation, 16 times, I don't think, I think the heat would win a couple of them for whatever reason. Um, they don't suck that bad. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a Celtics fan, but I'm probably a heat better. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I think the, the values on Miami. So, for our NBA kind of picks recap here coming up for game ones of the uh, conference finals, maybe a second half Denver Nuggets play and a first half Lakers play, and then a, a Miami for the game. Take them and the points. Yeah, for sure. And I might even, you know, I might even throw a little bit of monument plus, you know, whatever it is, 400, uh, you said 390, 400, yeah, somewhere. Three. I mean, I probably would put a little bit on it because, you know, if Miami wins that first game, that's going to go down to like, you know, plus 200 right away. And then maybe the Celtics are minus 300. And, you know, obviously Miami can win that series. So, you know, yeah, I could throw away a hundred bucks, but I could also make like 500 bucks. So I would definitely consider doing that. And now with the NBA playoffs uh, starting to come to its conclusion here, we're going to be peppering in maybe some college football or NFL futures. Uh, I know, Dave, you mentioned you like Florida State to win the national title in college football. I want to jump in here, though, because we're, we're running low in time. I want to jump in and, and give our, our plays for Major League Baseball. I know which one I'm going to go with. I think I know where you're going, 
But I'm going to go with the New York Yankees and the Toronto Blue Jays over the eight and a half runs. Well, we have the same game then. I'm going to take the Yankees in the first five. Dang it, Dave. I thought you were going to go with uh, the Cubs in the first five or the under in the first five. So that's why I went with the. Uh... Yeah. Well, no, that could be that could be plan B. All right, let's we'll take we'll take three of them. We're we're gonna right. go with the Yankees and Blue Jays over the eight and a half. We're gonna take the Cubs Astros under the first five innings, and we're gonna take the Cubs in the first five innings on the money line. We'll make it a, a little three three pack. Yeah, that works for me. And like I said, we'll come back. We will uh we'll talk, we'll start to get into more football stuff now that we have some of the uh totals and kind of some of the the season-long props have been uh, out there and kind of popularized. But until then, let's continue to, you know, knock down some of these Major League Baseball plays, continue to hunt some wins in the NBA playoffs, and I guess uh, just win some money. The Winner's Take is your podcast for everything gambling at MadCitySportsZone.com, in the Zone app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen, rate, subscribe.